0: You think you know what we're going to talk about.
1: But unfortunately, I fell down a damn rabbit hole and I've not gotten out yet. (laughs)
2: Knife bros. I literally Googled Sebastian Stan hands.
0: But just when you least expect it, we changed the game.
2: Well, yeah, because usually in astrology, they would partner up air signs with fire signs. All right, you can you can huggle time travel, stories, and at the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide.
1: Well, we should make it a topic. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I didn't take German in school. I barely took, I took Spanish and I don't remember any of it.
0: Three Fates Decide Podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Three Fates Decide. My name is Mary and I'm with my two co-hosts, Liz and Sam. Say hi, ladies. Hi. Hello. All right, today we are going to be talking about a very kind of controversial holiday for some of us. Um, it's Valentine's Day. You either love it or you hate it. <laughs> and myself personally, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'll get into why I'm not a huge fan of it a little later. Um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be kind of talking about the history of it. We're gonna kind of go into like the um the dark side of the way it started and why it started, and then kind of how it became the commercialized product holiday that it is today, and whether we like or dislike it mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, and then we may actually talk about some of our favorite love stories, like our favorite um. Books or movies that have a really good, not necessarily Valentine's Day theme, but a very good love story to it that we may that we that because we're we're all big readers around here. You most of us are anyway. So yeah, I think me and Liz probably have the same love story that we both like. I have a feeling,
2: maybe, possibly,
1: it's possible,
2: and there may be surprises. Who knows? (laughs)
1: all right so but we are going to get started and we are going to start with the history of valentine's day and i think sam is going to start us off with that sam Mm. all right so first obviously
0: in i think most countries it's celebrated february 14th but looking at this in uh fixed by the eastern orthodox church some people celebrated july 6th and before that, it was July 30th. So it, it, ha, it has changed dates throughout history. Um, but it is also called St. Valentine's Day, or the Feast of St. Valentine's. And as I said, it is now celebrated annually on February 14th. It originated as a Christian feast day honoring one or two early Christian martyrs named St. Valentine. And through folk traditions and all that, obviously, it became less religious and more commercialized. And became a celebration of love and romance and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, uh, (laughs) Let's see. So there are a number of martyrdom stories associated with Valentine's Day and why it's connected to February 14th. And I'm not going to get into a lot of it, just in case, Mary, you kind of have some of it. But uh, there was one of the accounts is like an imprisonment of St. Valentine in Rome um, for ministering Christians that were persecuted under the Roman Empire in the third century. So, (laughs) yay, Romans. We love to you know they they love to put their stamp on things <laughs> <laughs> um in ni- in the, i'm sorry an 18th century embellishment of the of that legend claims that he wrote the jailer's daughter a letter signed your valentine as a farewell before his execution and that's why they consider it about you know like love so it's uh you know yeah um another edition right. Uh, basically says that st valentine performed weddings for christian soldiers who were forbidden to marry so that's where the kind of the love stuff comes in um obviously there's all different traditions um and legends uh, i'm not going to go into really too much anything but european folk traditions um let's see. Became marginalized with the modern Anglo-American customs that basically, you know, the hearts and the red and the lovey-dovey stuff. So really, the U.S. has kind of turned it more into like the commercial aspect. We just ruined everything. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and we can get away
1: with saying that because we're well, all three of us are American. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: So we and now really it's say pretty that.
0: much either, as Mary, you said, you either love her or you hate it. I think the people that love it are more people who, you know, actually get to celebrate it. And I like to just call it Happy Singles Day. Yes. For all of us single people who get no love. Right. And.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for me, um, the reason i dislike the holiday as much as i do is more to do with the fact that it's almost seems like it takes away the fact that you need to show that you love your significant other, your friends and your family daily. Mm-hmm. It's almost saying like it's almost as if saying i love you on valentine's day is the only day you have to say or show that you love somebody. And that's it's good very to be good for- Yes, and that's supposed to be good for the rest for an entire year. and i'm I'm one of the people that I've always wanted to show that I love people daily. I don't want to be just told one day a year that you love me. Tell me that you love me every day. Show me that you love me every day. Do something do something that you know I'll appreciate every day. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. I don't need flowers. I don't need candy. Don't get me wrong. I love that stuff. I'm a girl, but I don't need that every single day. I don't need that on just one day a year either. I mean, surprise me with getting me my favorite meal. Or, you know, I like, say I like Reese cups and you're at the store and you see Reese cups and you buy me a Reese cup. That tells me that you love me more so than, say, more so than buying me a dozen roses and a box of chocolates one day a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, because I'm with you.
1: <laughs> and the fact that I've mostly been single on Valentine's Day for most of my life is another reason why I dislike it. But that's neither here nor there, because now I'm single by choice. <laughs> I'm single by choice, but I, I have the best Valentine's Valentine's present that I will ever have, and that's my daughter. So, Aww. Yeah. even though she wasn't born on Valentine's Day, she was born three days after Easter, but she's still the best valentine's day present i'll ever have (laughs) but i make sure to tell her every day multiple times a day that i love her I, i i i make sure that i give her hugs i give her kisses and i tell her i love her every single day and i show that i love her every single day because i don't want her to think that you only show your love once a year
0: right no, I I 100% agree with you. It is definitely something that, like, you know, I mean, listen, uh, I grew up where, you know, like the men in my family never told you, like my dad, or anything mm-hmm. like that. Never didn't mm-hmm. even really say the words "I love you" to me, but I never mm-hmm. questioned love because they showed, you know, like he showed me how much he loved me you know my grandfathers it was the same way they never told me but they showed me like I always knew that they did and my brother's the same way I don't think my I think my brother has told me he loved me like once in my entire life but I know he does you know so it's like right the, the fact that like you have to have this random holiday just so that you can tell somebody that you love them or show them that you love them it's like it, as you said, it's it's that point like it makes no sense. Like, shouldn't you be doing that anyway? Like exactly. if you really do love someone, like I'm not saying you have to say it every single day. I think some people do overdo it. And then to me it almost is like, Do you really or are you just are you trying to convince yourself <laughs> or me? But yeah. you know, obviously showing is is to me more meaningful than than saying mm-hmm. it sometimes. Depending on the person, but you know, it shouldn't just be this one day. This random day. I think honestly, it's February had nothing else going on. So they're like, oh let's just throw this in there.
1: Well, I mean February has a lot going on. It's Black History Month. Right. But I'm saying about like I don't know, like holidays. I I I know what you mean. Well
0: Yeah. Well, President's Day is in there, but I was saying the
1: President's Day is in there
0: too. But Yeah. yeah. No, that's honestly I, I almost wish, like, you know, February had nothing else but Black History Month, because people don't pay attention enough to that.
1: Exactly. In my, that...
0: in my opinion.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I agree with you. It shouldn't just be about that one day. In fact, right. even when I do get somebody, I don't want to celebrate. I'm saying it right here. They're all winners.
1: Yeah. I, I just... I mean, it's okay to celebrate if that's what you want, but my thing of it is, is that women expect to. Also, I think women expect way too much on mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. I. It's just. It seems like they they expect these. They expect their boyfriends, husbands, fiancés, whatever, to go all out on these days, and it's just not worth it. And if they don't get Like an expensive piece of jewelry or an expensive this or expensive that or any of this stuff. It's just like they get so upset and it's like, really? That is not what today is all about.
2: Nope. It's not.
1: Even at the core of it, that's not what it's about. It's supposed to be about love and showing your love and your affection and that you care for people. But it's just... It's gone way too commercialized. But I will tell you, we were talking about the way it started. Now, the dark origins of it are a little scary of of what Valentine's Day, how it actually started out. And it starts with the Romans, of course. there's there's, there's good the old Romans. Romans. I'm telling you the <laughs> Romans they had a festival from February thirteenth to the fifteenth called Lupercalia. and this festival the men would the we're getting a, we're going to get a little trigger you're not really into sacrificing and I, it is basically almost abuse at this point the men would sacrifice a goat and they would sacrifice a dog and then they would beat the women with them mm-hmm. and women would actually line up for this because they thought it would make them fertile.
0: Like I'm sorry, I'm so glad that you know most of the most of the world has gotten smarter. <laughs>
1: Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Like, and then yeah. <laughs> yes, and they, this they even called it a brutal fet. Would have a matchmaking lottery where men would draw names of women out of a jar, and whoever. And whatever woman's name you drew, that is the woman you would be with for the entirety of the festival, maybe beyond if it was a good match.
2: Hmm. Yes. I mean, that's almost like a uh, part lottery, part uh, blind date setup
1: kind of thing, <laughs> yeah.
2: like speed dating, but it's, yeah, you know, elongated.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Which okay for a Roman thing is not. As terrible as it could have been, you know,
1: <laughs> not as terrible, no, but um, the way it got kind of mixed into the, the Christian way, besides the way the besides what you were saying, is in the fifth century, there was Pope Galatius the first, he combined Saint Valentine's Day with Lupercalia to get rid of the pagan um the, the the paganistic um aspects of the holiday.
2: Which is a very common thing that uh the Catholic Church. Yeah. Sure did back yeah. So
1: while it still was um while it was still a day of love, they instead of being naked for the entire pretty much the entire thing like the Romans were, they now had to wear their clothes for it was the basic thing. Right. Yeah, because as you know, Romans liked to run around naked because they didn't wear clothes. They they were they were a very hedonistic society. Uh, a and, and the Christians were not like that. Yeah, so basically, it went from uh, being naked being you had to be you were naked for for a good portion of it. To now, you had to wear your clothes for the most for for the day.
0: You realized being naked wasn't working.
1: I, I don't know. I guess. I, I mean, well. The the Christians are a little um, a little more modest when it comes yeah. to their 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 stuff. So, which not saying modesty is a bad thing. Neither is being naked. I mean, teach their own. But don't offend anybody. Well, yeah, I'm not. Hey, I ain't judging nobody on nothing at this point. <laughs> There's no judgment here. If you want to be naked, you get red head. You wanna wear all your clothes? You go right ahead. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Edit for the dark.
1: That that's kind of Yeah. I mean There's some other things like the in 1913 is when Hallmark decided to make Valentine's Day cards. And that's when it became the it really became commercialized at that point.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yep. Can yeah, that's Hallmark, Hallmark right?
1: Mm-hmm. God, Hallmark, you ruin everything. Pretty much, that's pretty much it for the 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 big uh, dark part of the dark origin of it. I mean, I could probably go find more, but I'm really not going to do that because I don't, I, I don't want to get into it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's sufficient coverage for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, before we, uh, go on the next, uh, subtopic, if you will, um, I just thought it was really interesting how, um, non-Western, non-Christian countries kind of adapted Valentine's Day, mostly because of the commercial aspects of it, you know, because Mm -hmm. of American influence, obviously. One of the more interesting adaptations I was aware of was, um... Was this thing in Japan and to a certain degree also in uh, South Korea as well? Um, is the concept of White Day? So, basically, for those of you who aren't familiar with the concept, basically the idea is that Valentine's Day, the actual Valentine's Day on February 14th, that is when women, regardless of whether you're married, you're single, you're an actual grown-up woman or you're a teenage girl, it's supposed to be the day where you give guys in your life chocolates and candy and presents and stuff like that. Um, Sometimes it is just to show, you know, people like the guys in your life that you care about them. And of course, whether you're talking about in live-action drama or manga, it's also a convenient trope for a girl to admit she has a crush on a guy and do the love confession thing. Um, The interesting thing is that on march 14th a month later you have what they call white day which is the day where the guys are supposed to reciprocate what the girls were doing the month earlier so that is when like guys will spend all that money or whatever they're doing to give girls the presents which is very different which is an interesting concept and kind of different you know how they do that but i thought that was interesting
0: yeah. Mhm. I didn't even know about that.
2: Yeah, I I wasn't aware of this either um until like I was in high school. That was when I I started really getting into manga and anime and stuff like that and whenever I would watch or read, you know, stories where it's like modern day high school, you know, teen uh stories. That would eventually come up at some point over the course of the series that, you know, over the course of the school year, you had, you know, the athletic, the athletic sports festivals, you would have uh, the cherry blossom thing in the spring, you know, you'd have the summer antics that you and your friends got up to, and then you also eventually got to Christmas stuff, um, which... We did an episode about that a few weeks back. Um, And then you would eventually get to the Valentine's Day, you know, uh, part of the story. And then a few weeks later, you have the White Day happening. And that's when it's like, oh, my gosh, like, is he going to, you know, give me something back? You know, does he like me? And, you know, that sort of thing. It was amusing back then. Now it's just silly to me.
0: (laughs) I think uh, in terms of memories with Valentine's Day, my favorite is uh, my dad. He was so cute. He used to get yeah. all of us, even my brother, a heart-shaped candy box for for Valentine's Day. He would get all that's of us nice. one. Yeah. Well, see, now that's, no, that's not it. a bad thing. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's about it. And then, you know, obviously he got my mom, like, roses or something also. but. Um, yeah, that that's probably the only good memory i have of valentines day like even like in like relationships and stuff like i never put any importance into it because it just doesn't seem you know like and maybe it, it was elementary school that like you know it's it's almost like a ptsd thing where you know you had to get the 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 little cards for everybody or whatever, and I just remember it was, like, second grade, and and this one guy or kid in my class gave everyone a Valentine's Day card but me. It was very heartbreaking. And I think ever since then, I've hated Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't like it. trauma. Yeah. Very, very much so. I, I remember that, too, because I always hated it. I always... Being picked on all the time, you just kind of really hated that type. You just hate that anything where it requires you to be front and center, I guess. Because we had a thing in our school where you could buy a flower for somebody and it would be delivered during class. Uh. Obviously, I never got one.
0: Like in Mean Girls with the Candy Canes.
1: Yeah, kind of. More for you, Glenn
0: Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. I was not Glenn Coco. Same. (laughs) But it could be where our hatred comes from.
1: Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't personally describe it as hate per se, but it's more it's like my attitude has always been like, eh, it's, you know, it's almost like cartoonishly silly at times how extreme things get on Valentine's Day. But at the same time, I don't dismiss people who are really into it because, you know, I... You know, I I personally feel like if you're into something, you're just into it. I just personally feel like this is just a little overblown. And like we were saying earlier in this episode is that, you know, if you love, okay, especially if you're in a romantic relationship with somebody, obviously family and friends, you know, that's one thing. But if you're in a relation, like a romantic relationship with somebody, it's like you really should make it clear to your partner whether you're telling them I love you or you're doing stuff for them all the time, you should make it clear to them that you love them like on a regular basis, you know, that it shouldn't be like just the one day in the year to do it. So it's like, but you know, if people, but if somebody is really into it, then you know, that's, that's your thing. And I'm not going to like tell you that it's stupid or whatever. You know, you, you, it's part of the, you do your thing kind of attitude i have but um yeah i guess like anything else we got to say about the historical modern takes on it
1: yep i don't think so
2: So i guess like then i guess next we could talk about like um what love stories and things that we've read or seen that we actually enjoyed i mean
0: i'm trying to think like book wise like i love like romance novels um yeah so oh, like those, you know, always, you know, intrigued me. And I mean, th- the problem is, is that obviously, like, you know, love stories and things like that, especially like romance novels, it's it, they're not realistic. Um, maybe nope. that false, you know, uh, reality of what love is and and all that stuff. But it's still fun to. Imagine. Um, so definitely a lot of the I, I read a lot of uh, Joanna Lindsay um uh, romance novels and and things like that. And then obviously like the Bridgerton novels. Uh I've read almost yeah. the entire series. And
1: yeah.
0: Oh. You know, um you know, Disney movies, you know, all the princesses and things like that uh you know they always get their their happy ending but at the same time like there's a lot of movies or series or whatever that's all based on love but it's not like necessarily romantic love and I like those stories too like Harry Potter you know we're going to be talking about Harry Potter coming up soon everyone be ready for that we have a couple of episodes on Harry Potter coming up but Episodes, several episodes of harry potter several coming episodes up. splitting that up um but the main premise is love one dif- main difference between harry and voldemort was love you know harry had all this love in the world and voldemort had none and you know mm-hmm. that's why you know things happen the way that they happen so it's also things like that and i think that's kind of something that I mean even me like I kind of like ignore like with Valentine's Day and stuff like that like you you constantly think of like the romantic love romantic love is always what people think of first you know but there's so many other kinds of love you know you have the love of your family the love of your friends and and those are just as important as romantic love so I like those stories,
2: I think, the best. That's my uh,
0: head talk on love.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like what you were bringing up earlier about
1: mm-hmm. many
2: different as- types of love. I mean, it it reminds me of how uh, in Greek, for example, there are many different words for love because they actually put the effort into uh, coming up with terms specifically for different types of love. I mean, there's like things like agape, philia, um, eros, you know, I, and I, there's another term I can't remember, but, um, yeah, I mean, they, you know, so in, in, a, in not, like, for whatever reason in English, you only have that, really that one word, love. I mean, I guess the closest alternative would be liking something, but that's not fully expressive of that feeling that you care a lot about something or someone the the way love does. But at the same time, love as an English word is meant to encapsulate like everything you could possibly love, which... You know, in hindsight, it's kind of silly when you think about it because you know you clearly don't love your family the same way you love your friends or you know your significant other romantic partner, so right. I thought, so it's always kind of weird to me that that's how it is, but
1: yeah, I was thinking about love, and it's like you're you're right, Liz they one word does it's supposed to encompass so many different types of love for the. For people. I mean. The way I love my mom and dad. Is nowhere near the same as I love my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know. Because. I mean don't get me wrong. I would take a bullet for. My mom or my dad. But I would literally. I I would kill for my daughter. I mean I would take a bullet for her. But I would. I, I would kill for her. Yeah, And I would do it. With no hesitation, no regrets. You know, that, that's how mm-hmm. much I love her. I can't say that about anybody else in the world that I would do that for. When yeah. I was with my ex, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it for him. And I, and I loved him. But her, I, I would go to jail for. Yep. In a heartbeat.
0: I don't blame you.
1: And I think a lot of parents feel the same way. Absolutely.
0: And for but I know, like a lot of people that I've spoken to, but um, you love each ch- like if you have multiple children, you, you kind of love each child differently, you know, like because they're different people. Yeah, not that you love I mean, one you more than the other. No, oh, right, you don't love one more you than the other. Love so, one more the other. Yeah, hopefully, um, but you love them. Differently. And I think that's one thing, you know, going back to what you said, Liz, with like, you know, the different words for love. Like, I wish that we had something like that in English. Uh-huh. You know, like the one that you use for a friend, the one that you use for immediate family, the one you use for your children, the one you use for your significant other, and, you know, all that stuff. So,
1: yeah
2: i I guess like yeah i mean like you were saying earlier about how um yeah there's disney movies obviously that's in fairy tales those are obviously some of the first like uh bits of romance and love in that respect that i got exposed to um i guess what particularly started informing me more seriously about romance and stuff like that um was actually Jane Austen, which may be a stereotype answer for some people, but it's true. I mean, (laughs) the first time I read one of her novels, I was like 12. So, you know, at that age, Mm -hmm. you're about to turn into a teenager and you're starting to explore, you know, changing, Mm -hmm. you know, feelings and understanding of like these more quote unquote adult things. And honestly, I... I mean, okay, people will joke about how reading her stuff is just as unrealistic as any other romance novel. But at the same time, it genuinely feels like it's not that unrealistic either because she's writing about how it's important that when you're with somebody, you know, especially in a romantic situation, it should be with somebody with whom you have a good understanding with and that there's a balance to the relationship and just as importantly that you can respect one another which is something that definitely comes up in Pride and Prejudice where you have multiple couples in that book and you know for well okay for I mean for the main character Elizabeth Bennet right the first couple In her life, that she can observe is her own parents. And she clearly sees how, over time, it's obvious that her father doesn't really respect her mom because, you know, he has no trouble with commenting on how silly and superficial his wife is and, you know, and how superficial and silly his daughters are. And yet he doesn't really do a lot to be a parent to any of his children other than I guess Elizabeth because they have somewhat similar personalities and interests but otherwise like he doesn't you know he doesn't take any responsible, you know that much responsibility as he really should have and you know so it's like just that alone already teaches her and also by extension us as the readers hey you know If you had to end up with somebody in theory, like for the rest of your life together, it's like, can you honestly picture yourself dealing with a partner who either is too silly in your mind or a partner who doesn't respect you in any way? I mean, you know, things like that. So, you know, it was her novels that kind of really taught me a bit about, you know, what I should... You know, look for in a guy, you know, who, what I should look for in, you know, somebody who could potentially be a husband someday is that, you know, I can genuinely respect the guy and he respects me. And, you know, we have some, I mean, we don't have to be like perfectly the same in every way or anything because that's boring. But, you know, it's like the fundamentals, the most important things that we value should be the same. I mean, it's kind of like one partner wants kids and the other one has no interest in kids. I mean, how is that going to work really? I mean, you can't expect that the partner that doesn't want kids to magically change their mind overnight that they're going to want kids all of a sudden. I mean, that's not realistic and that's not fair. You know, things like that. And and actually, Sam mentioned earlier about uh, the Bridgerton series. I'm a big fan of Julia Quinn. She's like one of my favorite, like more modern uh, romance writers. Because, I mean, not just with the Bridgerton series, but some of her earlier books as well. uh, What I enjoy about them is she does capture a bit of that Jane Austen touch where... It's obviously an entertaining love story, but at the same time, she really does write stuff that kind of touches your heart and makes you really connect with her characters and you really feel for them. And, like, I will openly admit there have been a couple books she wrote where I did start tearing up a bit uh, over what happened to uh, the leading characters. So, you know, for anybody who... uh it's like stepping their toes into the whole Bridgerton thing. You should read her other books as well because they're great. I think that just about covers like, the main love stories that I'm into or that I particularly enjoyed.
1: I don't know. I've never been a big romance novel fan. I mean, obviously, I've read Jane Austen because who hasn't at this point? I mean, most people have at some point in another. And I do enjoy her stuff although i think mine i don't know i'm just weird i'm weird when it comes to books never been a big romance novel fan i'm trying to read the bridgerton novels and i've like maybe gotten a quarter of the way through the first one
2: (laughs) i mean that's (laughs) fine i mean you know not everybody likes romance novels i mean right
0: it's (laughs) it's an acquired taste because i never used to like never used to want to read them because i was like oh they're just it's a bunch of you know smut and you know whatever which is basically what fan fiction is but um (laughs) but it's actually like i started reading it you know like i read one and yeah i got hooked
2: maybe that's why i like fan fiction so much yeah i mean like just like with any other type of literature you know it's all a matter of finding like the right author or the right concept to suit what you're into you know that that really pulls you in yeah I mean mm-hmm. sorry did I back but you know what really started getting me into like I I too was very skeptical of romance novels like I didn't really start getting into them until like college um I had tried reading, like, some Daniel Steele before, like, you know, like, when they would do, like, uh, the May for TV movies back mm-hmm. in, like, the 90s. Um, but, you know, like, they they didn't quite, I mean, they were very entertaining the movies, uh, but, you know, I guess, like, I wasn't really in the right mindset for the book, so they didn't really get to me, but actually the thing that really got me into reading romance novels was i mentioned her earlier was like with julia quinn was actually i read the third bridgerton book which is going to be season three of the show which i am personally excited for um because that was my favorite one out of the eight but um i read that book first and i was like hooked because i enjoyed the humor actually in her stories i mean you kind of get some of the humor in the show i mean you do but i kind of feel like it was actually funnier in in the actual book um you know some of the, some of it i mean and and it was also very emotional like i did tear up a bit you know in a couple parts but Aww. that was what really got me into it you know because it's like she's a modern writer and yet like well like i was saying earlier she has her styling is a little bit similar to Jane Austen in the sense that like you have the more serious thoughtful aspects that you know you relate to in that respect and then you have the funnier moments that kind of lightens it up a bit so yeah that's what got me into romance novels the right author yeah, that's all it takes. Okay, so before we close out, as usual, uh, we have an email address where you can send us questions, comments, uh, criticisms on how to improve our show. Um, you can email us at threefatesdecide at com. It's the title of our podcast, All in One Word, and the three is spelled out.
1: And you can also reach us on Instagram. At Three Fates Decide, the three is spelled out. And feel free to send us DMs. Let us know what you think. We love feedback.
2: Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time. And see
0: what we're going to talk about.
1: Because the three fates decide.